Well, welcome in, everybody. This is Coach D. I'm here with Coach Blue um, of the St. Paul Saints. Uh, we're going to be wrapping up and talking about Game 2, um, the teams that made it onto the Sweet 16, how they got there. Uh, so I thought we'd start with Ann Arbor Montpelier, and this was a rematch. Um, Ann Arbor won the first game by six. Baker had 35 points in that game. A-Rod had 21. And Montpelier just came out hot. Um, they scored 54 in the first half, and they were up by 11. Um, they were up by as many as 17. Um, they are up by as many as 17. And Arbor tried to keep it close, but it's, they, they, climbed, they climbed back. Uh, and Anthony Baker hit a, um, hit a three to cut it to six with just 9.47 left. So... That gave, that gave Ann Arbor a chance. With about 2.29 left, Tucker Johnson hit a really big two, and that put him up by one point. And that was the first lead they had since 11.53 left in the first half. And then uh, A-Rod ended up putting away the um, team from the free throw line. And A-Rod actually went 12 of 13 from the line, which is incredible really impressive for a guy who's only 75% from the line this year. Um, so to put up those numbers with the game on the line, to close out a game against a rival in Montpelier, um, it's just really impressive. So this was Ann Arbor's first ever uh, Sweet 16. Um, they got a good squad, and uh, they're looking good into their next matchup. Um, the other game in that group, um, they were playing in the same place. So it, these, these games, like what happens is they usually take these regional um, pods, uh, these four, and they all play at the same location. So this game was right after Salt Lake City, Reno. And this is actually a rematch from the PNTT final um, where uh, Salt Lake took down, uh, took down Reno in a really close game. Um, on the back of 32 points uh, from Wayner. So these four games were all played in Cleveland, Ohio, okay? So not too far. Usually what happens is the top seed out of that little pod gets the home game, gets the game as close to their home as possible. So Ann Arbor gets a really close matchup to home, um, it being in Cleveland and uh, and. All these other teams have to play there. So Salt Lake City's got to travel all the way across the country. Reno's got to travel all the way across the country. So, um, yeah, it was a so it was a rematch. Um, and what we what I noticed in this game was right off the bat, Wayner, um, Jermaine Collins, and Colby, all and Bruce Hernandez all uh, picked up. Really, really quick fouls, two fouls, and they went to the bench. Um, was the story of this first half was um, Crowley. Crowley was just playing out of his mind. He had 18 points. Um, he had 18 points in the first 10 minutes, which is just, that's nuts. Um, but Reno, uh, Reno really, they, they were up 29, 24, but... Um, to Reno, and then, but but then Reno came back, um, and they were up two 
they have with uh, 12 minutes 12 minutes to go they were up by one um with both Wiener and Jermaine Collins picking up their fourth fouls. Uh, early in the fourth quarter, Crowley's up to 35. And it just looked like it just looked like Reno didn't have an answer for him. And it was like, is this just gonna be one of those games where Jonathan Crowley just puts the team on his back and advances him to the sweet sixteen? Uh, so yeah, Henry Jones is up to twenty-seven. It's a tie game with six minutes to go. Um, and after lots of trading baskets, Richardson has an open, um, has a huge shot in his open. He puts Reno up by two with 139 left. Um, the next possession after a turnover, he goes down and he hits a big three. And the crowd's just going crazy. Um, and that put him up by five. And honestly, Salt Lake City couldn't recover after that. So Crowley's 40 point, 16 for 21 night comes up short as uh, Chandler Jackson puts the game away from the line. Um, looking at the Scottsdale Miami matchup, Samuel Payne got into early foul trouble and he found himself on the bench with his team down eight. But Miami really, uh, yeah, they took that upon themselves um, and they responded. They took a big lead. And to make matters worse, Scottsdale power forward Christian Robertson picked up his third foul in the first half, and they're down by 14. Um, but what happens is Jared McKinley, he explodes in the third quarter to make it one-point game with 10 minutes left. And it just looks like Scottsdale has a chance. Um, Scottsdale ends up dominating the fourth and ends up taking the game. Dejon Dixon's big game. It wasn't enough, especially with Evan Scott um, going going just an abysmal 7 for 23. Um, so that was kind of the story of that game. So in the uh, Carbondale-Oxford game, um, this was a game with a lot of fouls. Five players picked up two fouls in the first quarter. So that definitely – and then five picked up their third foul in the second quarter. And Carbondale ended up leading by seven at the end of two. Uh, Oxford make a big run and tied it up with 10 minutes to go. Um, Romero and Hines uh, helped, but the, uh, but Romero and Hines just helped put the game away for Carbondale um, in the fourth. So Carbondale, they got a good team. I really like how they're playing. Um, and you know they've next. So that so this this little pod right there. You know I said the first little pod was. Um, was in uh, was in Cleveland. Um, this little pub was in Louisville, actually. So uh, that's how that's how that one worked. Um, it's you got uh, two early fouls from McKinney. Really helped Inglewood by going up by thirteen after one. Um, and Blake Ramsey was just cooking. You know, he was he was playing out of his mind um, right there. He had ten points in the first quarter. That's really big for them um, in the first six minutes, actually. Uh, McKinley actually returned, um, and, he put, and, and he helped uh, Fargo um, go up by one, but he picked up his third foul, and he was out for the rest of the half. Inglewood ended up um, in the second half. Um, they kept it pretty close, but they ended up pulling it away, and they really finished out with uh, Brown and Ramsey, those two combined for 56 points. 
Then they got another 18 points off the bench from Kyle Elmore. So that was really big for them. Um, in the Owensboro uh, Cup, this one was um, this one was all of Spokane. So Spokane started off 4-12-0. <laughs> and, uh, yes, they start off 12-0. Um, and Owensboro tries to get back in, but they just don't have it. And they only scored 48 points. They shot 32% from the field, 20 from 3, 60 from free throw. Um, and it was just too much. They could never come back. Andre Hampton finished with 28 points. This um, Avery Lazenby, he had nine assists. They only had seven turnovers. You know, from the from the jump, it seemed like Owensboro didn't even have a chance. Uh, the next one was a really good one. So we got Evansville and New Orleans. Um, so Evansville had the big upset over Laredo last game. This game, they get uh, New Orleans the Ninja. Tough team. Um, Elijah Hall was—he was playing. He—he he knew he had to score a lot for them to win, and and he had a pretty big game. Um, but uh, the big men, Jonathan uh, Smith and Jordan Burrell, they—they um, they were just too much. They combined for forty-four points, um, twenty-four rebounds. Uh, this team just a little bit ago, um, just. Just a week ago, okay, they they had to um, win three straight games in the Conference 13 tournament just to make the NTT, um, and uh, now they've knocked off Laredo and they just knocked off uh, New Orleans. They were on fire. I mean, they shot 52 percent the field, 89 points. They um, they really look like a team to be reckoned with. So uh, the next game we got. Pitt and Charlotte. This game, Charlotte was looking good, but um, they looked like they were going to run away with it. Honestly, they were they were rolling. It didn't look like uh, Pittsburgh had too much of a chance. Um, into the fourth, you know, they're up six. They're up. They're up. They're up six, and they keep trading buckets, and um, they just go cold. They keep missing shots. They they had sixty seven points with eight minutes left. And then they didn't score again until um, until four minutes left. So they would have four-minute drought. It's not like um, Pittsburgh took big advantage there, but um, down eight with three minutes left, Donovan Henry hits a shot. Um, Trevor Oros, Oros has a shot. They go up by eight. Nigel Kelly, this guy played incredible down, down the stretch. So – he hits a three, did D'Angelo Garden, loses the ball out of bounds, and then Abel Lombardi. It's a shot. They're down by three. Garden misses a shot. Angel Lombardi again, another three. It's tied up. Nigel Kelly steals the ball, gets it to guess who? Abel Lombardi. And Abel Lombardi puts him up by two. So they went from down eight um, with um, two minutes and 44 seconds left to up two with one minute and 12 seconds. So in a minute and a half, that's a 10 point swing. And honestly, like after that, really what it came down to was, could Charlotte get a shot? Could they score? So Donovan Henry puts him up by four, Walter Gonzalez makes a shot and then it's foul time. There's 21 seconds left. They foul Nigel Kelly. He missed the front of them under the one and one and the ball goes to their star player, 
Asad Hill. He gets the ball and he passes it to Trevor Oros. And Trevor Oros is a 67, 46% um, shooter. He missed the short two. Um, and then Michael Moore finished it at the line. So uh, great, great win for the Pittsburgh Gamblers, too. Um, they move on. Uh, yeah, they move on to, to take the Cinderella story, Evansville. So, yeah, so with that, let me uh, pass it off to Blue. He's going to take the lead for regions three and four here. Uh, League 31 fans, region three. I'm super happy, super pumped to promote this to you. A um, couple familiar teams. So with Coach Blue, we got some of my favorites, Duluth, ugh, Fremont, ugh, Manassas. <laughs> They're here. So let's talk about it. Region 3. We got a couple chalk teams going forward. We got the Duluth Bulldogs at number one, probably the greatest community college basketball team of all time. We got, we got the Flagstaff Whippersnappers coming in super solid defensive squad here at C2. We got the Salem Renegades, number one, coming in at C3. And, of course, we got the Tallahassee Chargers coming in at C5. We got a lot of chalk. Our Cinderella story here is the Fremont Mighty Tarzans. Mm-hmm. So let's jump into this first game here. Duluth Bulldogs against the Omaha Audibles. Omaha's not really sure what they're getting into in this match. They enter the final 10 minutes. Duluth is running away with it by 24 points. It's not good. It's not good at all. Duluth is pouring it on. Steven Padilla throwing in a couple points here for, for Omaha, but it is, it, it's already over early in the second yes. half. Duluth finishes 94 to 70. And you go back and you look at these lineups here. If you're gonna play Duluth, you can't you cannot look away from Matthew Sullivan in the point. I don't know why more teams in League 31 are not playing zone defense against against Duluth to really clamp down in the paint. But Sullivan's unreal. He goes off for 29 points. He's 12 of 17 shooting. He gets 10 rebounds. He's got six blocks. His game score is like 41.4. It's off the charts. Now you got to stop this guy if you're playing if you're mm-hmm. playing Duluth. Unbelievable. For Omaha, though, Omaha has a couple bright points. I really want to focus on small forward Stephen Padilla. Solid player. A little weak with the ball handling, a little slud with the personal fouls. But he went 10 of 15. He scored 22 points. This guy's this guy is somebody you want to talk about. Um, it's unfortunate his senior year has come to an end here. I, I see he's been conference freshman of the year, three-time first-team all-conference. Um, gave it everything he could. It's not enough over Duluth. Coach V, you got any comments on this game? Yeah, I mean, it's tough to win when you got a team shooting 62.5% from the field. <laughs> they go 40 for 64. And not to mention your team went 43. Omaha goes 43.1. Um, so it's like, yeah, you know, that's just going to be a tough game to win. Uh, mm-hmm. 15 blocks for um, the Bulldogs. Um, they're looking good. They look a lot better than they did their first matchup. They did. I did. And if anybody follows Coach Blue and my, my 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 coaching tendencies, I'm a big believer in field goal percentage. And and Coach V nailed it. Right. Like if you're gonna let a team shoot 62.5 percent from the field, you're not gonna win many games. Yeah. All right. Let's go on to the to the bottom half of that bracket. We got our Cinderella story for Region Three. 
Fremont Mighty Tarzans coming in at a 13 seed against the Tallahassee Chargers, our fifth seed. Scrolling up through my notes here. Now, this is a nail-biter. This is a nail-biter. We're going to the final 10 minutes of the game. We got we got the Tallahassee Chargers up by two, holding on, holding on to this slight lead. It's nip and tuck the whole way. Both teams back and forth. We're getting down to the final two minutes of the game. It's tied up 77-79. We got Joseph Amburn from Fremont. Guys, it's tough. Big two-point conversion. He gets the he gets a foul. He gets a foul call. Free throw converted. Fremont up by three. They push their lead. They push their lead to six. They push their lead to six. Tally tries to close, but it's Fremont closes it out. Mm-hmm. And I go back and I look at the play. Uh, look look at the final stats. You really got to tip your hat to Matthew Cade at center for Fremont. The kid came in with 17 rebounds, 6 of 10 shooting. He came in with 16 points. He and Matthew Sullivan is going to be a, a must-watch for any League 31 fans out there. For Duluth and Fremont, it's going to be a must-watch. Yeah. And, and to give a shout-out to, to some Tallahassee players, Joe Myers, their shooting guard, only a junior. He'll be back. He took the reins as getting the starting nod as a junior. First time. He went off 28 points, 12 of 19 shooting. Solid, solid contribution. Yeah. I expect Tallahassee to be back next year. Yeah, this game, I think where, where uh, Fremont won this game was they're down, uh, you know, their star player. He didn't have his best night by any means, uh, Matthew Amburn. They, he got two early fouls. He had to sit out. And then with about – uh, 457 in the first, they said, you know what? We're in the NTT. Like, this, we're in the NTT. I'm going to play him. I'm going to play him. And he, you know, it could have been a lot worse, but he made it where it was only a four-point game. He helped him um, there to have it only be a four-point game going into half. And then in the second half, this guy, I mean, Amber went um, five for uh, 17. So it wasn't a great night. But back and forth, back and forth. The shots that I I looked at were the shots from William Verable. Um, he just seemed like he hit big shot after big shot. He's not he's not known for his scoring, but he up by two. He had two straight big um, mid range jumpers um, at five minutes to put him up by six. And then uh, as you look down the down the stretch, um, Joseph Ambring had hit some, but I was I mean. I was really impressed by Verable. He he only scores five uh, five points a game, so he's not a scorer. But he went three of four. He made went four or five from the line, nine rebounds, five assists. Um, he really he really brought it for them. He was huge in their win. Verable's a good call out. So we got Fremont. We got Fremont Duluth round. Of, is it was a round of eight? A Sweet sixteen. Sweet sixteen Sweet matchup. 16. Yeah. Let's talk about your game a little bit. <laughs> Let me tell you. All right, let's let's move on. Let's move on to the next game here. <laughs> Let me pull up my notes here. Man, oh yeah. So we got 
we got we got Flagstaff coming in at two, St. Paul at seven, and um, we, I mean we humbly got to admit, like I mean St. Paul is the darling of League th- League Thirty One. They're the people's champion. They know Flagstaff is the number two team as a, as a favorite, but everybody knows Coach Blue is bringing the coaching wisdom in this game. And I'll tell you, I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you all my information. I scouted this game. I came in with the perfect plan. I knew exactly how I was going to shut down Flagstaff. I was going to run zone. I was going to take away the paint. I was going to make, I was going to make them shoot from outside because they can't shoot from outside um, defensively. I nailed it, but boy, flat Flagstaff wanted a bar fight. They, they they said, "Oh yeah, we'll go outside. We'll take it outside," and they just punched me in the nose. Like the you worst. forgot you had to score two to win. <laughs> oh, I, we did not score. We did not score at all. So 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 my my hats off to Flagstaff. But I tell you, we going into the final ten minutes. I mean, I'll be honest. <laughs> a lot of the fans out there are gonna laugh. We're going to the final ten minutes. We're sitting on a very comfortable 42 to 37 lead, right? Like five points. Who's going to score five points in the final minutes of this, <laughs> this bar fight? Um, we go to, I mean, and boy, I tell you what, they come in the final 10 minutes. Flagstaff just starts scoring points. They get five. I think they go on a run of like maybe eight points. They take the lead. And, and it is tough to scrap back through this game. Flagstaff defensively just locked us down. They weren't letting Daniel Lake score in the paint. We get down. I think it was like the two minute mark. We're up by. Uh, they're up by four. They get a foul, and and that's it. The scoring's done, right? Like I think they're even up 57-51. Get Gerald Gonzalez made two points at the end to make it 57-53, but this game was not close. I, I definitely want to call out some 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 key players for Flagstaff that I, that I probably underrated personally. Austin Bailey, um, that man plays better defense than than I even suspected. Like he really shut down Gabriel Gonzalez, and I even like tweaked down Gonzalez's um, shot governor quite a bit. But he shot three for eleven, zero for five from threes, three turnovers, um, nine points. It was not good. It was not good. And on the flip side, Austin Bailey shot eight of thirteen from the field. Um, his shooting percentage was was amazing. He, he went off for 19 points. He paced, he paced Flagstaff. Um, and I mean, when you win by 57 points and, and your lead scorer scores 19 points, that's, that's, that's significant. Um, I, I feel like I really dominated the paint, but um, man, I, his power forward, Nicholas Brewington and Brian town respectively, Pulled down 13 and 14 total rebounds. Yeah. Between them is 27. They out rebounded us 51 to 42. Um, I mean, Danny Lakes, I love Danny Lakes, my center. I mean, he's so good. He pulled down 16 boards, but he he couldn't offset the the, the dynamic duo of Brewington in town. It was it was mm-hmm. just amazing by them. For us, uh, I mean, offensively, like I really, I really bumped up Danny Lakes shot governor and it didn't pay off. He he went five for 15, um, didn't pay off. I know um, I, for those that follow uh, St. Paul and, and what I do, I, I love to have a guy come off the bench. And once again, I had Noah Weber come off the bench for 20 minutes. He scored 15 points. He was six for 11. I mean, he was he was a star. So feel good about Noah Weber. Uh, Coach V, what, you got anything to add? 
Yeah, um, I think the difference in this game was the 18 offensive rebounds for um, Flagstaff. Uh, both teams didn't shoot well, 358 and 33.3%. You guys shot a lot more threes and missed a lot more. You went two for 14. They went three for 10. Um, so those six extra possessions were huge in a four-point game. Um, you know, uh, to get six – I mean, they got – they have four more shots than you, shooting 33%. You expect probably like 2.3 um, points um, for that. So that might have been the difference right there, those extra possessions they got. And mm. also make him more count with the three-point line. Um, yeah. I tell you, um, be warned, Flagstaff's defense is for real. Yeah, they are. They are. They love their D. All right. So game number four, region three. We got the number three seed, the Salem Renegades, number ones, and the Manassas Bloodbath. And I'll be honest, I try not to be partial, but Manassas might be one of my favorite. It might be my second second favorite team in League 31. Um, oh, wow. I like Coach Whalen. I, he knows what he's doing. He's been around a long time. Um, he knows what he's doing. Yeah. I'm going to put my notes here. All right. Uh, so this, um, so again, we, we kind of got two chalks here going going toe to toe. Our Renegades is a slight favorite. They enter the final ten minutes. They're up by nine. You get down to about two and a quarter into the quarter. Um, they're still up seventy five sixty seven. They kind of just manage it to the end, and uh, it's not looking good at all for Manassas. Until Daniel Wright at two minutes hits two, Cameron Jones hits another two, they close it to one. You get another, you get another three points by by Salem with with the layup by Bryson Martinez and the foul. Nathan Martin brings it back to two, and about twenty three seconds, about a minute left. Salem gets their last possession. They pass it around. They're holding the clock. And Tanner O'Kane hits a hits a mid-range two at the 23 seconds mark to put them up by four. And and yeah. that's about the game. Mm-hmm. You go back and I look at um I look at what Salem did offensively. Um Anish Rivera going 12-21, scoring 25 points. Um, at the small forward position, I mean, anytime you have a star player taking over 15 shots, 20 shots a game, and he's shooting over 50%, that, that's significant. You you have to slow those players down, and Manassas could not do it. Yeah. It does look like um, Salem loves to push it inside. Um, we'll see how they fair in the future if maybe anybody wants to play zone against them. They don't seem to like to shoot from outside very much. You talk about Manassas. Manassas loves to shoot from outside, right? They're, they're putting up with the point guard, putting up with the shoot, shooting guard, 20 points apiece for Nathan Martin, Cameron James. I don't know how Ian White at small forward came down with 10 boards, but he did. My my goodness, Nathan Martin. Unbelievable, right? Yeah, like, great night. Guys put up 20 points, 12 assists, Two steals. Um, he, he's worth talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Coach V, what do you got? You got anything? You know, Manassas got to the line a lot. You know, they got to the line 24 times. 
they mm-hmm. made a lot of those and that kept them in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the end of the day, um, you know, both teams shot well and it came down to, um, it came down to Salem hitting some big shots. Um, threes are worth more than twos and they shot seven threes. That's to only, uh, they, they made seven threes compared to only one for Manassas and, um, you know, that that's big for them. Um, yeah, you know, and, and they got, they got shots down the stretch, um, that were open. Charles green going eight for 11 was just so big for them. I just think this is a tough matchup for Manassas. Manassas sure really relies on their two point guards, their point, their two combo guards and Martin and James that are incredible, um, scorers and defenders. And, that just didn't work great against a team that really relies on Anish Rivera. Um, he's really playing some of his best basketball of the year. Um, he's an incredible player. Um, he's actually Amish. Um, some people just call him Amish Rivera because he's 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 Amish. Um, and just for a freshman to do this on the biggest stage, uh, he didn't have a great game um, last game against Newark, but you know what? He had an amazing game here. And, um, you know, you got people, you got the, you got the student section churning butter out there. Like they, they just love this guy. <laughs> oh, the, <laughs> the butter churners. I'm going to watch, I'm going to watch Salem's play that play. I'm going to watch his honest Rivera guy next to uh, next round. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm a and, he is, and he's a freshman, right? So if anybody he's, else wants to take a little bit more interest in league 31, you, 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 dial into the Salem um, was it Flagstaff? Yeah. Yeah, that's going to be a good game. Yeah, you, you, tie, you tie into that and you watch this Anish kid play in the play-by-play and um, and, and follow him because he's going to be around for four more cycles. Yeah. All right, Region oh, 4. Region 4. Region Region 4. Now, this is going to get exciting, right? So, um, we don't have chalk, right? We got the Bakersfield Banana Skippers who, when you talk chalk... <laughs> That's some chalk, right? Bakerfield's been around for a long time. They seem to always be in the NTT. You look at the all-time win history, like the banana skippers are up there. They're there. You have a lot, you have a lot of Cinderella's, right? You have, you have I mean, Waterloo's probably not a Cinderella at the nine seed, beating the eight seed, Macon. But you, you got you got Lubbock in there. You got the Virginia Beach Vipers at 15. You got the Camden Brawlers at 10, the Clemson Wookies at 14, and uh, uh, who? Oh, is that the Springfield Geese, one of my conference rivals? Hmm. Yeah. Sneaking in at six, Geese having their swan song season the last that's, season. That's true, and I and I be honest, I, I should give um, I I, I should give Coach Kid Akron a, an appropriate send off. He's um, he's really brought a lot of prestige to Springfield. Um, he seems to be a little overloaded right now. He's going to cut back. I think the league thirty four. So this is. His, last year coaching Springfield and um he's gonna step away. Um well on the top bracket we got we got Bakersfield Waterloo and we got number four hot springs and number twelve Lubbock. So let me go into my notes here. So we enter the final 10 minutes um, it looks like Bakerfield's doing the business. They're up by seven. 
Waterloo's nip and tuck in. They cut it to 65, 62, around the nine minute mark. Snip and tuck. It even looks at a, at some point. Waterloo even takes a quick lead on a Paul Coleman jumper at the 656 mark to pull him up 70 to 69. They were on fire at the beginning of the, at the, beginning of the fourth. Okay, Rubio, another two. I mean, we're we're getting down, we're getting down close to the five minute mark here, and whoo, Waterloo's up 76, 30, uh, 76-73. and and it looks like they they are in for the fight. They are in for the fight. We're down to one thirty seven. It's eighty two eighty. Dylan Weller of Waterloo nails a, a layup to tie it up. There's an exchange of points. Felipe Donato of Bakersfield hits a mid-range jumper. Dylan Weller re returns the mid-range jumper at 19 seconds. So what are you telling your team right here if you're um if if you're Bakersfield, you know, you're tied up 84-84. What are you telling your team? I mean, you're you're telling them you got to get this inbound pass and you got to take it up court. You want to burn off this 19 seconds. And you want to find, you want to find your shot. You got to find yeah. your shot. You got to take it, and you got to nail it. Yeah. And, and they if you're Bakersfield, it's got to be. I mean, they got so many different guys that can do it. Um, you know, but you, I mean, you, your star is Israel Williams and Tanner Stamore, right? Tanner, yeah, yeah. I mean, those are the stars. Um, and they bring it up. And, I mean. They bring it up court, and, and they pass it around at the four-second mark. Tanner Stamore finds his shot. He shoots the jumper to break the tie, and he misses. Angel Johnson. Angel Johnson grabs the offensive rebound. Two seconds left, puts it back up, and he misses. It's a foul by Malik Koch at the one-second mark. They call the foul, and Angel Johnson knocks down two free throws for the 86 84 win for the banana skippers. And you cannot be happy if you're uh coach G money right there. You know, you're, you're, um, your point it's, guard, you know, junior point guard following at that moment. That's just a tough, that's a tough pill to swallow. I can't believe they called it. Like when you looked at it, I didn't think it was yeah. a foul. I mean, it was bang, bang, you know, it's one of those plays, but you know, I mean, it's it's probably a little less like the banana skippers and more like the banana sliders as they slid in here. Mm -hmm. But that's what happens when you have that much experience as a coach in this league. You know, you get opportunities like that, and you know you're ready for them. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it, I mean, just an incredible game. And, my gosh, Kai Rubio. Kai Rubio and Paul Coleman, man. Have yourself a night. Kai Rubio, the freshman, 16 for 29, 32 points. What a great game. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And we got another big center. I mean, it's starting to be a theme here in the bottom half of the brackets for for Bakersfield. Tainer Stamore, who's a senior. I mean, he goes off for 25 points, 11 to 17 shooting. Probably a little weak on the boards. That's probably because he's shooting baskets in. Uh, but he's got seven blocks. Like this guy, this guy's this guy's to talk about.
And for and for Rubio, uh, I'm sorry, for Waterloo, yeah, like Kai Rubio, like this guy, this guy's a player. Like you need to be aware of this guy. He's a freshman. So he got any national awards this year? No, he's just first team all freshman. Man, it's probably probably the game of his life. He really yeah, cranked it up. What a game. But it's just tough. I mean, it's tough when two great coaches just going at it. Mm-hmm. All right. Next up, we got we got the number four seed, the Hot Springs Strollers, and the number twelve seed, Lubbock Lights. So let's jump into my notes here. Boy, who's who's the higher seed here? Uh, Hot Springs. Springs is the four seed here. Hot they got off to a nice start. So yeah, well, I, well, I'm 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 checking in at the uh, the ten minute mark, and the hot spring strollers are down by by eight. Lubbock's yeah. got them in the final ten minutes. And they're they're tight in the screws. Hot springs is cold is cold shooting. Lubbock opens up a ten point lead. Hot springs tries to close the gap. We get down to the final two minutes. Mm. Oh, where it gets tied up late. It gets tied up late. Um, Hot Springs hits a a two point mid range jumper. Charles Serpa at the two fifty four mark tied up at seventy three. Seventy three. There's an exchange of possessions. William Eastmond of Lubbock. Makes a short two-pointer, draws a foul, converts a three-point play, and we're under two minutes. Hot Springs loses possession. Lubbock makes another two. They they push the lead to five. Serpa goes back with a layup, but then Kenneth Lubbock comes back with a three-pointer at 32 seconds left in the game. It's a three-pointer for 30 points, goes up by six points, and, and that's the game. Yeah. Coach V, you have any uh, quick highlights of this? Well, you know, um, Lovett got in some foul trouble early. Uh, uh, Prunty and Lovett both got two fouls within the first five minutes of the game. Um, mm. Charles Serpa got a foul early. And, you know, Hot Springs was up. Um, they, so Hot Springs was up with uh by 11 you know at after the first quarter oh wow so four of the starters um had two fouls within the first 10 minutes and a bold strategy here but um the coach put him back in Prunty did get a third foul but um love it and agar those guys were just they they didn't foul and you gotta give credit to them and they 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 fought back really hard and they actually took a lead um, late in the uh, late in the second, and I think that's where the game turned because I mean it looked like Hot Springs could have rolled them out, but they didn't. And uh, a lot of it was uh, you got you got to credit Coach Spartan seventeen um, for um, having his boys ready. He he had his boys ready. He had Kenneth Lovett ready. Yeah, and playing him when playing like. Four guys that all have foul trouble. That's that's not 
that's not something you usually rely on, but you know, it's the NTT. There's no, there's no tomorrow. So, so, so for you, for those league 31 fans who, who actually come in here and listen to these podcasts, we're, I'm going to throw something out here for you. Kenneth Lovett is a freshman point guard. He goes for 28 minutes. He goes on for 32 points. He shot 12 of 22. He, he had seven rebounds. He had two assists. He's six, five. And if you're out there recruiting, you're out there looking at those high school players, Kenneth Lovett was a six, five small forward. And, and Lovett landed him and he just lit this game up, he lit yeah. this game up. Um, so take that for what it's worth. Yeah. Um, let's see. Okay, so we're in the bottom half of Region 4. And again, I'm telling you, there's a lot of Cinderella's. We, we have number 15, Virginia Beach. Number 10, Camden. Number 14, Clemson. And number 6, Springfield Geese as the chalk in the lower half of the bracket. I'm going to dig into my notes here. So for the Virginia Beach Vipers and Camden Brawlers, I've had to live in Virginia Beach at one point in my life. Um, I love the town. Pulling for them. The 15 seed. This is this is a city that's got things going on. And um, and this is nip and tuck. You get down in the final 10 minutes. It's 59-59. It, it's a tight ball game. And the Camden Brawlers open up the early part of quarter four with a John Schmidt layup, 61-59. And they continue to exchange two points. It's back and forth the whole game. Maybe a four-point lead for Virginia Beach at one point on an Oliver Pritchett mid-range jumper to push his point total to 18. Even at the three-minute mark, it's 80-80 to 80 after Virginia Beach. Oliver Pritchard making a, another layup, missing his one-and-one. One. And as we get through the final two minutes for the four-to-two-minute mark, we got, Cam we got Camden over to a four-point lead with John Schmidt hitting another mid-range two-point field goal. It's back and forth. Peter, Peter Byard of, of, of Camden gets fouled on a two-point shot, converts both, pushing Camden's lead to four points with one minute to go. Virginia Beach comes back, and Nathaniel Harold makes a two-point jumper. Camden misses a three-pointer. Nathan Harold back with another mid-range two-point field goal to tie it up at 86. And as Camden inbounds the ball, Tyrick Ardone dribbles up the court, looking to pass. He's a backup point guard, and he and he just ugh, he passes he passes the ball out of bounds with 17 seconds. Virginia Beach having the shot, coming down 17 seconds. Abel's inbounds. Harold receives the pass. He's dribbling. He's dribbling left. He's dribbling right. He passes it to an open Keegan Schindler, who, re who receives the pass, takes a couple dribbles, attempts a layup, and nails the layup for an 88-86 win. I mean, and, and, and you have to go back. I mean, Nathan Harold of Virginia Beach, the point guard, with nine assists, 14 points, 6 of 11 shooting, solid performance. Oliver Pritchett inside at center. 
an, an unbelievable night. <laughs> wow, unbelievable. 11 of 16 shooting. He goes off for 26 points. He has 18 boards, 14 defensive rebounds, four blocks. I mean, I, we should go check out this more information on this Oliver Pritchard kid. He, he's a sophomore. Mm. He, he's he, he's all the bit of us. That must have been one one heck of a recruiting class. 80-25. Yeah, Pritchard probably the 25th best player in that recruiting class. Um, up up to the Camden, up to the Camden roster. There's um, there's a couple highlights here. There's a couple highlights. You 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 have to give you have to give credit to Peter Byard, the shooting guard. A little under fifty percent shooting, but three of five for three pointers, three of three free throws. Got five assists, three steals. Game score 31 9, 24 points. Really pacing Camden. Probably need a little bit more from him, but you really can't you can't look down at Byard. He's he played a solid game. John Schmidt had a solid game at center for Camden. Um, he brought in 16 points, um, under rebounded at nine. When you look over at Oliver Pritchett of Virginia Beach, who had 18, um, it's not enough. You're beat. Let's give a little shout out to Matthias Klein, backup power forward for Camden. He played 26 minutes. Um, Tanner Wagner probably got in the foul, got in the foul trouble, only logged 13 minutes. Klein came in, though, off the bench, shot 6 of 11, 13 points, 12.8 game score with nine rebounds. Um, at least for Camden, they, they know they have Klein off the bench, but uh, mm, Tanner Wagner a little sloppy with the fouls. And our final game for Region 4, the Clemson Wookiees, another one of my PNTT nemesises, Nemi. And the Springfield Geese. Geese coming as a sixth seed, a slight favorite. Clemson Wookiees, another Cinderella story at 14. Let's go check out the game notes here tonight. The Wookiees come in in the final 10 minutes. They're up by 12. Um, Hutchinson, a solid player. It's a two, draws a foul, three-point play. And um, Clemson right away up by 15. And at that point after, it, it's, it's not even close. It looks like the Springfield Geese just kind of folded up. Go back, looking at the final plays. <laughs> Anthony Hutchinson, not shocked at all. The kid goes off for 40 points. 14 of 27, 9 of 10 free throws, 7 boards out of small forward. The guy was a monster. 32.9% game score. Unbelievable. Zachary settles at the center position. 11 boards, four assists. Mm, threw in 15 points, but I mean, really, if you're going to talk about Clemson, it's Anthony Hutchinson. Unbelievable. Small forward. You got to pay attention to him for the rest of the NTT. And it'll be a swan song. Hutchinson's a senior. A couple first-team all-conference awards. But he'll be graduating. For the geese, um, I play them quite frequently, and I, I'm well aware of this Carson Singer character. Um, he went off for 34 points, 27 game score, 13 to 27. He's slightly less than 50%, but he did shoot five and nine for three pointers. Solid player, solid player, no supporting cast. 
And I believe, oh no, Singer's Singer's a junior. He'll be back. He'll be back. But um, that's the end of the night for the geese. So for Region Three, Region Four, we got Duluth and Fremont in this week sixteen. Yeah, you know what? The Community College of Duluth is pretty good, but I'm going to I'm going to pick Fremont. I think Fremont upsets them. They play zone. They shut down Sullivan and Fremont's into the round of eight. Flagstaff and Salem. I mean, probably want to talk more about St. Paul and Manassas and the Constellation. But I mean, I was really impressed with Flagstaff's defense. It's probably going to be Flagstaff. Region four, Bakersfield at the one, Lubbock at 12. Bakersfield. And Virginia Beach and Clemson. This is a no-brainer for me. I am not a big fan of them. The Clemson Wookiees, they, they seem to have my number at times, but I'm going to go with Anthony Hutchinson and Clemson to meet Bakersfield in a round of eight. And that's it, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Love you all very much. Go League 31 and uh, get on that message board. Put some comments out there. Stir up some, stir up some mess. Um, it's all fun. Good night, League 31.